Uh, let's go to the phone lines now. We are joined uh, by our NHL insider from Daily Faceoff, Frank Saravalli, here on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Good morning, Frank. How are you? Good morning, guys. Uh, I just wanted to chime in briefly. Um, full marks to those guys for stepping up and, and speaking out. And I would say to follow up with that, not even if you were thinking about sending that message, put your phone down, but go call someone and have a conversation about it because – you need to change your way of thinking if that's really what your thought process is. It's unacceptable. It's not even close to what the norm should be in society, and you need to seek help and, and, and get better. Well, it's, it's very well said, and I hope, and I stress the word hope because hope is fleeting with a lot of these, but I really do hope that some people will hear that and realize that there are other ways to deal with whatever it is that they're dealing with that doesn't inflict pain and hurt on somebody else. Uh, Frank, I, unfortunately, well, sorry, I go ahead. That they were, they were interested in, in calling people out on their crap. Sometimes that's what you have to do. Like, and, and to be honest, um, I was getting, it's not in the same realm and it's not necessarily directed at me, but like watching the social, social media reaction over this week about the Bob Murray story and what's going on with the Anaheim ducks, you know, I, I report on the details of what's happening and people are responding back. Yeah. Great story. Snowflake right. or this game is so soft. Can't believe that people are getting fired for yelling at other people. Like you're missing the point. This, this is someone that crossed the line multiple, multiple times. And it's not just old hockey man that's trying to motivate players or people in his office. It's, daily threats to be fired it's yelling and screaming getting in people's faces intimidating people crazy messages that he would send on on text uh late night calls like all these things that you know hockey is a business and we hear it a million times throughout a season especially when someone's traded but if it is a business then it also needs to be treated like one because that type of behavior would never be tolerated in any sort of corporate workplace not sure why we would think that it would be acceptable in a multi-billion-dollar sports league either. So you bring up some good points there, and you actually did an important thing is because you added some details, and it's been it's been fairly light on details. I think for obvious reasons, is some people don't want to share that information publicly, and that uh, you know you can use adjectives and phrasings to not necessarily get into the minutia and the anecdotal stuff. But uh, I've I've got to. Why is this story not being reported on as much? That that's a great question. I mean, I know here's the thing, Frank. I feel like you guys at Daily Faceoff and you in particular are the only ones that have had any semblance of reporting on this. You had someone speak on the subject of anonymity, talking about I believe the term was mental warfare, essentially that he mm -hmm. was waging. So there's obviously people out there willing to talk, but the reporting part of it. I mean, I honestly I'm not exactly sure. Aside from the fact that Bob Murray has entered an alcohol abuse program and, and some of the stuff that you just said right here on Sportsnet 650, I haven't heard much in the way of details as to what was going on in Anaheim. And that's kind of alarming because this story probably I know that Bob Mary has resigned and he's seeking help. And that's great. First off, I'm not sure why people that are, have made significant wrongs, especially in the last two weeks have been allowed to resign under their own power um, and their own decision. But I, I'm pretty sure that the Anaheim ducks at this point are 
perfectly comfortable, you know, sweeping this under the rug. Right. I haven't seen any press availability notice with Henry and Susan Samueli, their owners, to answer questions about this. Uh, I haven't seen or heard any information, and I've asked questions about is this investigation now just being dropped? Like this should be, this should continue on until it's completed, and then in in no different of a way, just because the subject matter is slightly different, um, you know, sexual assault versus you know verbal abuse and constant harassment. Why is like why would this investigation be treated any differently than the one that the Chicago Blackhawks just had, and and then unveiled the report publicly for everyone to see? Like, you know, it it certainly felt like to me that the Ducks sent out their statement yesterday, including one from Bob Murray, and they're cool with everyone just kind of being like shrugging and saying, okay, let's move on to the next thing. I agree with you, Frank, and and I think the Sam Wellies should have a press conference. Uh, but but because unless they do, I'm going to believe that they had an inkling of what Bob Murray was like as a leader, because they've owned they, they've owned that team for a long time. There's a there's a lot of evidence. Like I, they've owned that team for a long time. He's been there in charge for a while, sixteen years. And when these allegations first surfaced, I did notice quite a few people on social media going, "Yeah, that doesn't surprise me." So how how do the how did the Samwellies how were they in, in the dark about that? I, I think they should hold a press conference. Do you think they will? Even the most hands off owner in sports, and by all accounts, the Samuelis certainly seem to be pretty hands off in terms of how the organization is run, would have to have heard or seen something at some point over the course of thirteen years with Bob Murray at the helm as general manager, like some word if they didn't see it firsthand had to have gotten back to them at some point. And, and there have been people in high profile, well-paid positions that have walked away from significant amounts of money because they don't want to be part of the Anaheim ducks organization anymore. That's just in the last two years. So to think that it was all being properly run and that Bob Murray's behavior was on the up and up, not a single person I've, I've spoken to in hockey over the last, three days since this information came out has has really shown any amount of surprise at all this seemed to be a really poorly kept secret and i can't believe that they wouldn't have known we're speaking to frank saravalli from daily Faceoff here on the halford and bruff show on sportsnet 650 uh bigger picture frank jason and i were talking about this in the first hour of the program uh it seems as though that the reckoning here, and it's a term that's just... It's, it's, I've called it's, it an awakening. An awakening, thanks. That's probably better, actually, now that I think about it. Um, this is going to speak to organizational... Um, removing organizational rot and understanding that these organizations are not either mom-and-pop shops or three or four, you know, quote-unquote hockey men making all the decisions by themselves. These are big billion dollar valuated franchises this is a these are corporations there's a lot of money at stake here where these businesses need to act not like they were in the olden days where the NHL was often kind of referred to as a garage league it's one of the things that Gary Bettman has brought in is the money has reached staggering heights 
you know, just to get in the, in the door as an expansion team is now so much more north than what it was even 15 years ago. You don't have guys like Boots Del Biagio and John Spano being let in the front door. This is a big money enterprise with all these teams, all 32 teams in the NHL. And as such, it's not really that surprising that organizations are going to have to follow suit and be more professional and be more transparent about how they operate. It's about time. I mean, like, what? It's funny. When I first started covering the NHL in 2009 on a full-time basis, um, I was I started at the Philadelphia Daily News, and, and we had gotten a bunch of beat writers together, and they had said to me from the other sports, you know, the other people that cover the Eagles and, and the Sixers and everyone else in town, the Phillies, they said, hockey is like two decades behind everyone else. Yeah. And I was like, I kind of laughed and I was like, I don't really know what you guys are talking about. I was brand new. And I get it now because that's what it feels like. It feels like hockey is just finally coming into the 21st century of, hey, this is how we do things here. This is how things are supposed to operate. This is how when people go to work and leave their houses and leave their families, the work environment is supposed to be a safe space. And it's like, I'm not advocating, I want to be clear, I'm not advocating for players to be coddled, for everything to be you know warm and friendly. It's okay to challenge people. It's okay to ask people to do more, but... You, you, there needs to be a level of respect there. And, you know, I was having this conversation appropriately enough yesterday with someone in hockey who also served in the military. And he said, you know, I got to tell you, in, in all the years that I served, I never got yelled at outside of, you know, one of the camps where they yell to simulate stress. Right. You, you came to work. Here's the plan. Here's how you execute here's the standards of which we, we execute at, go do it. There was never any yelling. And I, and I thought, you know, it's interesting because you, you watch and you hear all, you know, you see all these movies and, and you think this is how the military might operate. And, and as we hit Remembrance Day and Veterans Day, um, you know, you're, you're thinking, wow, like that's the type of environment that our heroes serve and work in. And it's not. It's different. And I think you know, hockey in some ways probably has a lot to learn from not just other sports, but but that as well, that there needs to be a respect factor. One of the interesting wrinkles with this story was that uh, the NHL released a statement shortly thereafter, Bob Murray's, and said, uh, almost in passing, that they were made aware of this because of their hotline, which they have, which anyone can call into and mm -hmm. report various levels of abuse within various organizations. Um, now, we were thinking about that, and we are trying to get a chronology or timeline because uh, one of the things that was stated when Bob Murray was placed on administrative leave was this isn't something that just popped up overnight. The investigation had been going on for a little while. So is the chronology that someone called into the NHL, the NHL were made aware, and then the investigation started to take place? I believe that's how it typically works. Okay. A complaint is, is made to the hotline then the third-party group that manages the hotline then notifies the team and the league at the same time of here's what the complaints were, you know, here are what the likely next steps should be, okay. or here's what we recommend. And so that um, I believe that's all happened in the last two weeks. I mean, NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman sent out the memo. I tweeted the memo 
um, all three pages of basically boiled down to if you see something, you need to report it immediately. And so we talked about an awakening or reckoning. And I think, not I think, I know that there are other teams at this moment that are looking under the hood saying, you know, should we address this? Should we look a little bit further into, you know, some potential past inappropriate action or behavior? And and that conversation is ongoing in multiple, multiple front offices today, um, you know, especially in light of Bob Murray, that, you know, these these questions need to be asked. And I think the point is that the NHL is not going to have any mercy or any forgiveness uh, for a team that doesn't step forward uh, shortly after learning or, or at least shortly after getting a memo like that, that they need to act. Frank, uh, just one quick question on another topic. Uh, I don't know if you've had time to cover this, but the Ottawa Senators are up to eight players on the COVID protocol. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they added Alex Formanton and Matt Murray to the list. They got a game tonight. <laughs> are they going to play this game? They're trying to. Um, you look back to the San Jose Sharks last week or two weeks ago, I yeah. think it was, yeah, 10 days ago maybe, yep. and they were missing seven players, I believe, and a coach. And basically what saved the San Jose Sharks was the fact that they play in the same building and same city as their AHL affiliate and were able to just call guys up. We you know, we were jokingly calling them the San Jose Sharkacuda, but... <laughs> Does that mean you're calling the Ottawa Senators tonight the baby Sens, like the the Belleville Sens? I mean, there's they're going to need reinforcements. They're lucky that Belleville isn't too far away. You can hop in the car and, and make it. Um, but the NHL has been trying to do everything they can with specific regard to, you know, teams that, you know, since we're not in the same region anymore and that there's games against Western Conference teams that are going to be a lot harder to make up. That's one reason why they're trying to push through, that they've you know, made sure that teams are on the ready to call players up when they're dealing with a COVID-type situation and outbreak. And the other part of it is Beijing. The NHL right. has the ability, with one game postponed due to COVID, to actually pull this – is, this is the letter of the law in the contract – to pull out from Beijing and not send the players. To this point, obviously, we know that hasn't happened – and you could, you know, make an argument, you know, they wouldn't actually pull their players out based on one game. But I think if one game turns into two weeks, miss, that's a totally different story, um, even just for one team. So that's certainly another reason why they're keeping an eye on it. Uh, Frank, very interesting stuff at the end there, all throughout the call, though, really. We really appreciate you taking the time to do this today. Uh, be well, be safe, all that good stuff. And we will talk again next Thursday. Sounds good, guys. Have a good one.